0: Hello and welcome to Let's Pod This. My name is Andy Moore. It is good to be with you again this week. Listeners, it's been several weeks. I've missed you. It's good to be here. Scott can't join us today. Um, he is in clinic, but uh, I, I, we have a not even a real update. We have like a, a hint of an update coming. This is technically our 250th full episode to publish. However, we are not numbering this one episode 250. Episode 250 will stand alone. Episode 250 will be recorded in public with you at Factory Obscura coming in like two months. Okay, so we are working towards it. Um, I don't want to quite announce the date yet till we get everything locked down, but it'll be around the end of November or 1st of December. That will be our official 250th episode celebration. It'll be a big live event. It'll be fun. Um, you will have to buy a reasonably priced ticket to come, um, and your generous donation will be split between us and Factory Obscura. Um, we're very excited about that. Um, it uh, just more details soon, okay? Like, it's, it's happening. Um, we're nearly there. We just got to get a few things out of the way. For one, uh, we are recording this on Tuesday, September 19th, which is National Voter Registration Day. I hope if you're listening to this, you are already a registered voter. If you're not, I don't know how you stumbled upon this podcast, but we're glad you're here. And please immediately stop listening and go to letsfixthis.org slash vote to register to vote. You can do it online now. Go do it. letsfixthis.org slash vote. If you are already registered, as I assume many of you are, why don't you take that link and text it to all of your friends, right? Tell everyone you know send it to your colleagues at work um, send whatever just say hey I hope you register to vote if you're not already here's the link where you can do it let's fix this.org slash vote okay over the last few weeks we have been in addition to planning and strategizing around our upcoming 250th episode we are uh, we've been really having some great kind of behind-the-veil, in-house community conversations with some partners about the issues that are really affecting our state. And one of the things that keeps coming up over and over again is the issue of affordable housing um, and all of the stuff that goes into that, homelessness, um, of tenant rights, right, um, the cost of housing, of rents, um, all of this stuff goes in. Uh, and so we are excited, uh, excited for you to hear this episode with some new friends that are relatively new to Oklahoma, although not really, but an organization with whom you might not yet be familiar. Um, today, joining me in studio is Brad Centers from Shelter Well, um, and we're going to talk about housing. Brad, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you, sir. I'm good. Happy to be
0: here. Um, this is very exciting. So I maybe we'll just start at the top and just tell us a little bit about who Shelter Well is and how you all got started and the kind of work you do.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so Shelter Well is a uh, housing stability nonprofit here uh, based in Oklahoma County. We're fairly new. We've been up and running since about June, um, although we've been kind of working on the, the roots of that for a little bit longer. Um, we formed out of um, Community Cares Partners, which was the local uh Public-private partnership that was tasked with delivering rental assistance during the pandemic was that um, technically like ARPA dollars, or was that the other money before the yeah ARPA? the other it was ERA funds okay um, it was uh, about three hundred sixty million dollars um, yeah a lot of money that, that that was always meant to be finite uh, there was it was there was it was intended to be to expire um, so that, at the go ahead I don't mean to interrupt you yeah. that's
0: you said three hundred sixty million right which sounds like a lot of money. Yeah. But, as we all know, like the rent is too damn high, yeah, and so that it doesn't go as far it as it goes you, fast, yeah
1: it go it went really fast, especially um sort of as my team was specifically tasked with the eviction cases, so we were at core people that they were already facing evictions, and then and you know that money went just as fast, so sure, yeah. So we kind of got together, started brainstorming some ways that we could still be of assistance in that area um, without, actually, without actually cutting the check. Um, I, I love rental assistance. It was certainly beneficial for so many ways. But, you know, there's just not that, not, not that money out there all the time. So what are some other ways we can kind of ins- insert into that lane and, and kind of help um, – Slow the evictions down, keep people in their homes, which of course eventually then leads to less people experiencing homelessness if you can keep them there to begin with. So we so we formed Shelterwell. Um, we focus on um, sort of tenant education um, and communication. Um, we've got a uh, an education program launching here pretty soon in the next month or so, um, educating tenants on, on their rights, on on you know how to how to keep up a, an apartment and what to look for an apartment, how to not get you know, swindled by, by fancy ads, um, stuff like that, make sure you can afford it, make sure you can keep up with it. And then even, you know, moving in and out, what to look for, the checklists, um, we're, we're very proud of our website, shelterwell.org. It's got a lot of good information on there, um, on, a, on tenants' rights, which we've worked really hard on formulating on, based on a lot of the things that we, we've seen every day in court for the last, you know, couple of years with, with, with CCP, um, we also do mediation in eviction court um, and outside of it, we've got trained mediators um, in court, which is essentially just a neutral third party to help both the plaintiff and defendant both sides of the case work out an amicable solution for both people and and hopefully keep a keep a tenant housed and, and keep a landlord happy as well. so yeah. we're uh, we're very excited. We've been um, working hard and we're now starting to get to launch a lot of those things we've been working for a while on and we're really happy about
0: it. That's really exciting. Well, let's talk a little bit about, I don't know, the landscape of housing mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. You mentioned apartments, but this extends to rental houses and yeah, stuff, absolutely. any kind of rental yes, property. right? And, you know, I think most everybody, I know I've, you know, rented houses and apartments in my mm-hmm. life, and I have almost no idea about what my rights were yeah. as a tenant. Um, was, you know, I had good experiences in some cases, had bad experiences in some cases. Yeah, same. Um, definitely know that I like, left hundreds of dollars on the table because I didn't know, like I knew they were in the wrong, but I didn't know what I could do about it. And Fine. I just decided to move on. And so um, it, I, I would imagine that tenant education is a big need for a lot of folks.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, for, for all of us involved in it as well, I, I'm, I'm, had a paralegal background. I've been in the court setting for the last 10, 12 years it wasn't until CCP that I even learned about housing stuff. Um, and I was pandemically unemployed as well. So there was a time where I was like, oh, my gosh, is my landlord going to show up on my door? Right. And then, and then knowing that, no, they can't do that. Right. Like right. That's the, there, is a, there is at least a legal process, whether, you know, we can discuss, of course, how unfair it is towards the tenant. But there is a legal process that they have to go through. So yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's educating people, letting them know that, look, if you just just getting a notice on your door doesn't mean you got to leave.
0: Right. Right. So uh, before we started recording, you were regaling me with some statistics that I thought were staggering. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can have it run through them. The one that stands out to me is that you said in a given month or in the month of August, just recently there were 1600 eviction filings. Is that Statewide, or is that just one county?
1: Yeah, so that's just for Oklahoma County. Holy um, although, moly. although Oklahoma as a state is is also way too high, but right. um, because we're focused just in Oklahoma County, and like I said, we're at court every day. That's sixteen hundred filings for Oklahoma County.
0: Gosh, and and roughly half of those result in. The tenant being evicted
1: yeah, yeah, it, generally what I've seen, and I don't have the specific numbers for August before me, but generally throughout the year, about half of those end right. in judgments. the other half are, are generally dismissed because the tenant you know paid or they worked something out right um, but yeah, both, about half of those are, are what we call judgments and that's and that's the tenant then being ordered to leave their presidents
0: that's and i mean essentially right like that's almost a thousand people. A month, yeah, becoming homeless. Yeah, and so and when we talk about the homeless, yes. you know, situation, right? Okay, well, here's one source of mm-hmm. homelessness, right? People being evicted from their homes um, for, a, I would imagine, a myriad of reasons, but maybe. Usually it's because of non-payment?
1: Or? It's mostly because of non-payment, and it's generally about a month's of rent. I think the the median amount of rent that was filed for, so the, what the plaintiff was suing for, was about 1500 bucks in mm-hmm. August. And, yeah, I always explain it to people like this. You, you think of people experiencing homelessness as this just growing reservoir, right? And mm-hmm. then you've got all these other tributaries that are, you know, low pay or mental health and substance abuse. And then evictions is one of them, man. And if you can go all the way back – to and we're we're actually we're we're conducting some surveys right now to try to link that with hard data from people getting evicted to becoming homeless. Mm-hmm. And and one of these questions we're asking people is you know just how if you're evicted today how confident are you that you'll find a new place or what are, where are you going to go? And mm-hmm. and most generally a good portion of the answers are I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know right. I'm not confident. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah,
0: I, I remember in 2016 actually I. Uh, was living in a, a rent house um, and I had great landlords. They were super accommodating and responsive and I mm-hmm. just ideal. Right. Um, but they came to our time to renew. I've been there for a year and their son had lived in the house before he was going to live in it again. So they told me a month out and they said, Hey, listen, like our son's going to college. He's going to move back in. So we're going to need you to move out at the end of the month. Um, and so I had a month's notice to find mm-hmm. some place to live.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was really hard. I mm-hmm. remember driving around. This was after the um, Thanksgiving ice storm in 2016. I remember driving. I started driving at like uh, Hefner Road and like drove from – I kind of knew the part of town I wanted to live in. But I drove from like Portland to Western <laughs> and just went through like every neighborhood all from Hefner Road down to you know 10th Street or so. And, like, just looking for rent houses for me and my kids and, mm-hmm. like, taking them down. And I was like, this is a daunting ca-
1: task. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I had a month. If you only had yeah five days, right? Five that- days. And then imagine doing that with a judgment on your record. Yeah. You know, or not oh, even a gosh. judgment, just the fact that a case was filed. We've pulled a lot of landlords of... You know, would you file to someone with an eviction on your yeah. with an eviction filing? You yeah, know, just the even if it's dismissed, it's been filed on you. Yeah, odds are they're gonna they're gonna turn your back. Right. So we're evicting people, not letting them rent anywhere else. Where where are they gonna go?
0: Yeah. So if um we I threw out the five day thing because you said it earlier, but that's mm-hmm. is that the. The timeline, if there's a judgment, <laughs> people have five days to... Well,
1: no, the, the so the five days is um, how far out the case has to be set after it's filed. So essentially the timeline for you, say you're behind on your rent, you know, a lot of places give you a grace period to like the fifth or, or whatever, right? You don't pay it on the sixth. They have to give you what's called a five-day notice. And that five-day notice says cure it or get out, right? So you've got to pay that rent within the five days. After that five days is up, you haven't paid your rent, the landlord no longer has to accept it, and then they can go file an eviction case in the county courthouse. So once they get that filed, it then has to be set five days later. So if that case is filed today, it's going to be set in, within five days, um, and that's holidays, weekends, right. right? So that day you show up um, and, and you get a judgment on your record. The judge you know, orders the, the plaintiff won their case. Um, from there, you have 48 hours to get out. Oh golly! Yeah, yeah. So the, the the plaintiff can then, and and it's going to be the sheriff that's that's locking you out, right. right? They can put a notice on your door. You have forty eight hours. Get yourself and everything out of there, or they're going to lock, or they're going to lock the door on you. Right. So it's, you know, it's it's less than a two week process that you get that notice and you're out.
0: That's. Nuts. I mean, it's, there's, there's no other case you can file and get a date right. in, in five days. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> and we've also seen that too, that it, that's not normal nationwide either. Oh, okay. um, um, we've got, you know, I've talked to many other programs, eviction diversion programs, mediation programs, and a lot of the time it's at least 15 to 20 days. Um, there's one in, in, in Madison, Wisconsin, they, it's the first date to set 15 days out, it's over Zoom, not even with a judge. It's like just a, a you know, mm-hmm. a, a navigator, right? Mm-hmm. And then if any nothing can be worked out, it'll be set with a judge fifteen days later. So that's a whole month.
0: Yeah. Which at least gives you even if you know, okay, there's no way I can pay this, at least you've got mm-hmm. some runway to start finding something.
1: Yeah, to find something to attempt you know, to, to gain other resources, to find other resources, to to make some arrangements. Most of the time what I've seen in Oklahoma County is most of the cases are for less than a month of rent. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, we do mediation in court, and we found that a lot of the mediations too, it's you can you can work out that payment plan within a couple of weeks, you know, and and find other other ways to get it done.
0: Yeah, well, that I mean, you mentioned that landlords aren't even required to accept it. So if if it's they put the notice on there and you have the money on day seven, they can be like, nope, too late. Yep, you didn't. I don't want it. your money. Yeah. I'd rather take you to court. Yep, which is an insane thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> It's a yeah. landlord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it for a for a landlord? What does it take to what's like? The, there's a filing fee, I assume, to to file the case. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so they basically they just got to – a lot of it is just dotting their eyes and making sure they file. You know, they have to they have to serve you with the notice with the five day notice, give you that chance to pay it. Um, and then from there they um, and the the five days just for non payment of rent. They can do forty eight hour notice if they think it's you know something's criminal going on or a lease violation. Oh which, wow, okay. Which you know uh, a, a lease violation
0: would, like. You have a dog. You're not supposed to, or something.
1: Right, right, right. So there there are ways that they can they can do it. But for for non-payment of rent, it's it's the five days, and then and then they go file the case. Generally, it's about fifty-eight dollars if the debt is less than five thousand dollars, which most of them are. They, right. they they pay fifty-eight bucks to file the case. Um, they can you know they can pay another fifty bucks to have the sheriff serve you with the notice. A lot of the times, they'll do private process service or, or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, you get a case filed for about sixty bucks.
0: That's so it only costs the landlord sixty bucks to file you with that, that court document. Right, right. That's how does that stack up nationally?
1: Um, It's it's what I found. I mean, there are some. Basically, the the data is out there that the, the cheaper it is. The easier, of course, the easier it sure. is for for landlords to evict. Um, I know that in Alabama, who has a very low eviction rate, their filing cost averages out about two hundred right. and seventy so bucks. Right. So not even it's still not see, expensive. Yeah, still not expensive, but it it doesn't doesn't leave the courts to be susceptible as a bargaining chip. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Which which we know anybody who's ever been in the Oklahoma County courthouse, those guys are overworked and underpaid. You yeah. know, Like they they have no shortage of things to do. But we have no problem like clogging up the, all this with these eviction cases. And I think if you had higher filing fees, mm-hmm. you would be much more inclined to work out alternate resolution measures. Right. Um, maybe try mediating before before court, um, any number of reasons. But it's using it as the, the threat of removal as the only way that I can get you to pay your rent, um, I think is short-sighted and, and, and isn't working.
0: Yeah, golly, I'm just like, this is all added up in my head of like, if there's, we'll say, I don't know if that's an average, but like 1,600 cases a month, all of which are going to be heard within five days. Like, yeah. that's an enormous amount of manpower and resources yes. that the county has to put up for
1: that. Absolutely.
0: And then if, you know, if someone, even if they have a, a low uh, today's rate, like a cheap rent of $600, okay, well, if the filing fee to get that money back is only 60 you're willing to pay, but if it's 300, like, well, that's getting closer to what it would cost for the actual money itself, and right, the incentives right. are changed, right? right?
1: And then if you think, I mean, you think about on the landlord side, if they do get them out, the sort of the turnover cost and the making it ready right. and, and stuff like that. So, um, and yeah.
0: and to be clear, I know this. The conversation is probably comes across as disparaging towards landlords, and but we don't necessarily mean like. I'm sure there's listeners that we have that own a couple of uh, rental properties, right? It's probably not them we're talking about. Yeah, right?
1: absolutely. I certainly want to make that clear too. Like, I, I don't think landlords are the bad guy. Um, I think uh, I have spoken with a lot of good, you know, quote unquote, mom and pop landlords. They got a couple of properties. I get it. You gotta. You got, I get that. Mm-hmm. You know. What we do have a problem with, though, however, is giant corporations from California and Texas, and they come in here and they buy these three hundred, four hundred unit properties. And then sit back in their office in California and don't do anything about it. Like th- those are the people that I that I want to fix. Right. You know what I mean? Like taking advantage advantage of Oklahomans. You right. know? I don't ever want this us versus them landlords versus tenants. I don't think it's that way. But we can all be Oklahomans and agree that we don't want somebody coming in and taking advantage of our citizens. Right. And I think a lot of that happens. Um. You get especially with these big properties, they go, you know, through a maintenance goes through a portal. You know, you don't know who your property management is, and the, you get to court, you don't know who your property management right. is, right? And I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. Um, right. Especially, I mean, there's,
0: there's some corporations that like have the name and the corporation on the sign outside, mm-hmm. so you might know, but there's a lot of them that aren't. Like you're oh, yeah. you're renting an apartment from, you know, like what you know, Apple Tree Farms or whatever mm-hmm. the name of the, the complex is. It's always some kind of like plant. And yeah. then like a street, right? Yeah, right. Pear Avenue. Yeah, it's um, they have a,
1: an online generator. Yeah, yeah,
0: all those. And so something that sounds happy, you know, flowing waters, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, but you don't know who owns that. Right. Um, and you don't know that that same company owns 300 apartment complexes across the country and they're listed on the, you know, Dow Jones because that's a big real estate investment trust. Right,
1: right. And, and, and the thing too, and, and let's – say the benefit of the doubt that they're not come they're not intending to take advantage of Oklahomans mm-hmm. right well it's still built into their business model that evictions that is right there it's a hard line policy you you you're you you owe a month's rent on the day six we're filing an eviction right I I knew a tenant um who I had conversations with and because she was in eviction court every month and I asked her and I said you know what are the you you you're in court but the case gets dismissed you end up getting your rent paid you know what is it what can be done to help you out she said i i have my i can pay my rent every month i just don't get paid until the ninth yeah uh-huh. by then the the time's already ran. right you know and it's like so we're filing on this poor tenant every month knowing that she's going to pay her rent on that. right can we not just move her due date right. right you know like why can't we just move her due date well it's policy Right. You know? Right. That's it. That's all it is.
0: That's, I was going to say the same, exact same thing. My, when I was in college, I had a roommate that was out of college, a few years older than me, and he was late with our rent or our, our electric bill every month, and we'd get cut off notices. And mm-hmm. I was like, You paid every month, right? And he's like, Yeah. And it, it, the same deal. He's like, I don't get paid to the end of the month, like the 20th. And he's like, And by then, we've missed the two things. And I was like, Let's call somebody and ask. Yeah, right. Like, right, right. there are some credit card companies and some other bills that will let you, your mortgage, you know, sometimes they'll let you pick the day of the month that you pay on, mm-hmm. so it's responsive to your schedule. Right. But if you happen to, even if you happen to be late once, and then just get off the cycle, it can have long-term consequences for someone like that. Who's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: especially when you when you you think about low-income individuals that who you have to make a decision between, you know, getting groceries or paying their rent on right. time. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like that's where this this us versus them battle. Kind of sets us apart because it's it doesn't have I, I don't believe that someone not paying the rent means that they're out buying nefarious things with it you right. know what i mean i think there's studies out there that have shown that lump sums of cash work yeah. you know like the, the the people pay their bills and they get back on their feet and um, I, I i just you know i when you're set with that decision in front of you of of paying your rent on time or buying groceries or you Taking your daughter to the doctor because she's been coughing all week. Yeah. You know, those are real decisions people have to make. And just assuming that because they didn't pay their rent by the six, that who knows what they're out there doing with it. I, I just think, I think it's very unfair.
0: Right, right. There's a lot of assumptions that go into yeah. this. Yeah. Pres- including the presumption that the landlord is always right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And that's... Uh, right and that's and that's kind of how the law is based the the landlord tenant act um, is in desperate need of sort of some modernization um we're one of i think i don't want to get the quote i think it's like six but we're not we're one of very few states that have zero anti-retaliation clauses in their landlord tenant act Hmm. um and that's and it's it hasn't been updated in a long time it was written at a time where, where neither party really had attorneys in eviction court um, which is not the case anymore. I would say at least 70% of the plaintiffs on any given docket have an attorney mm-hmm. whereas for tenants it drops to like 10%. Right. And your only option is legal aid services, which is fantastic. I love them to death. They do great work. But again, talking about being overworked and underpaid, right. yeah. like, you know, yeah. we need to, we they need more attorneys. They need more. Right.
0: Um, yeah, so if you if you are a renter in an apartment complex and you're behind on rent for any any reason, right? You were in the hospital for a few days mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just didn't have a chance to write the check. I mean, like legitimately yeah. s- simple things. And there's a good chance that that corporate landlord is going to have an attorney, right? They have an attorney oh, yeah. on retainer yes. whose job is to file evictions. Yes. And you are a person who just got out of the hospital. Yeah. You don't have an attorney to try to stand up. You don't, you, you know, barely have money for rent, much less to go find someone to help out. Yeah, um,
1: absolutely. And then, and I think um and maybe or maybe not rightly so you go uh, for the ones that do show up to court there they're hoping you know praying that the judge will grant me some goodwill right mm-hmm. I can tell my story mm-hmm. and the judge is going to believe me unfortunately the the judge can't do that it's all based law. on the law yeah. right as long as the landlord serve their notices correctly the, that's it you yeah. know and 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 I don't want to speculate on whether or when or not the judges would side with either side but they they don't have the option to
0: Right. If if the judge's hands are tied, Mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter if they're a good guy or a bad guy. Right. Right. That's um, that's obviously like a broad generalization. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, No, I know (laughs) judges, but yeah. um, Yeah. And so, uh, were you all involved? I know this last legislative session there was a bill to to amend the landlord Mm tenant act and Mm -hmm. and include some anti retaliation measures, right, to protect. Renters, right to protect. Right, units. that
1: was the that was the intention, um, to sort of uh, be able to protect renters when they when they need to file a code complaint or even just maintenance requests. You know, repeated maintenance requests. If I if my AC's out and you know in the heat of summer and I'm ha- I'm hounding you as the landlord to get it fixed, you can't then file on me because I won't leave you alone about my AC. Right, mm-hmm. that's just not fair. Um, it fell short, didn't get the votes, and I think for the most part is due to well-intentioned. Um, efforts to protect the local landlords, like we talked about, which mm-hmm. is that's fine. Mm-hmm. I get that, you know. Um, however, like I said, there's the big corporate issues, and I also don't think that um, rights are finite. You know, like I don't giving a tenant more rights isn't taking them away from the landlord. Right. Right. You know. Right. Uh, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. You right. know what I mean? Like it's, and, and that's kind of my stance on it. So I, I think we can get that through. Um, just as long as, again, as we get everybody involved. And that's another thing too with Shelterwell, we believe that housing is a human right. And I believe that if you also believe that, we can kind of Put away the labels and the me versus you thing and it's just like i believe that you deserve a home to live in mm-hmm. so let's figure out how we can keep you there mm-hmm. whatever it may be there's 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 resource connection there's educating you on how to upkeep how to communicate with your landlord i find a lot of issues um with that is just the lack of communication it's being scared it's not knowing how to do it shoot i have that problem like i don't you know i have a problem talking to the clerk at Seven Eleven. sure so like i i can get having that anxiety when dealing with things either their landlord you know do i bring it up now do i hope it works itself out right, right. maybe if i don't do anything i can just sneak a check in they won't say anything it's right like, i get that but if we if we bring up the issue if we figure out how we can fix it we we we, we come up with options payment plans even if it's you know a move out date mm-hmm. even if it's okay let's let's get let's find a way to to get you out of the sleaze, get you in a new place so we can at least avoid eviction court, avoid that judgment on your record. You get that judgment on your record, a lot of places aren't going to rent to you. You have a case filed on you. Right. A lot of places aren't going to rent to you. So there's so many ways going back to sort of the the reservoir of people experience homelessness. The further we go back upstream and start helping people then, the the quicker that reservoir shrinks.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, I'm thinking about being in a, an apartment complex years ago and the sprinkler system, like right, the fire suppression system mm-hmm. um, in the ceiling was leaking in mm-hmm. my unit and it was dripping on the carpet. And it, I'd been at the office two or three times and they, the person in the office changed about every three months. So mm-hmm. you have to go meet the new person and tell them your whole story and, and you know, keep, keep submitting. Things and it was right in the living room, right by my TV, and I'd moved furniture, and the carpet just was getting worse and gross. And then I was like, I don't know what chemicals are in here, and tried to raise it up the level, Uh, and and then eventually it got to be the end of my lease, and I was going to move out. Like I was kind of sick of this. There had been a few things um, that were there were issues. I'm like, I'm moving to a different complex, and so when I moved out, they refused to give me my deposit back because of the carpet. And I was like, I didn't ruin the carpet guys. Like right. I've got a bunch of, they're like, well, do you have copies of those letters? And I was like, no, I didn't think to make a copy <laughs> of the letter that I gave you. There was like 12 of them. yeah. Um, and that, so I just was very mad and I, you know, try not to yell at the girl in the office whose job, it was not her fault. She mm-hmm. was new, but I also felt like that was like $500 that I really needed mm-hmm. for a deposit on another apartment. Um, and I was being deprived of it for ridiculous wrong reasons, but I didn't, I, you know, thought, well, I I guess if I call an attorney, it's going to cost more than $500. So I'm just going to eat it. Right. Right. And just have to call my parents and be like, can I borrow, you know, some money for this deposit? But it was really frustrating because I had no idea what else to
1: do. And that's a lot of it too. People just don't know the rights. I mean, specifically in that situation, you know, if, if you have a repair, you can, you can. Fix that yourself and deduct it from your rent. However, here's the caveat. You have to mail your landlord a letter, a certified letter that says this needs to be fixed. If you're not fixing it in this many days, I'm going to fix it and deduct. People hmm. don't know that. And, right. and even if you think about it, they do like the amount of, of work that takes for someone to then type up a letter, right? get certified mail, right. you know, and, and do all that. Because if you don't do that and you and I hear this every day in court well, I didn't pay my rent because this, this, and this, like you said, there's dripping water for whatever reason. Um, the judge is going to say, well, did you, did you know, did you serve them a letter? You didn't, sorry, there's nothing I can do.
0: Right. I think, is it that, is it that we as tenants expect that this is a transactional relationship that I pay rent and you take care of the thing. And in practice, it's like two different contracts. One is I pay rent. That's my contract. And then you are supposed yeah. to, but they're not necessarily tied right, in right. that way. Because a lot of folks are like, "Oh, I'm going to take it off the rent." And it's like, "Well, you can't Mm-mm. really do that,
1: right?" And it's it, that's not for you to decide, right. you know? Right? Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Your job is to pay the rent and yeah. to yeah. Or if it's even if it's you go to extreme of like habitability issues, right? Yeah. Well, that's a matter of opinion, right? Uh, so like, yeah. well, to me, a giant hole in the wall because you took out my AC unit—that's not habitable. It's right. like, well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Right. Yeah. Sure it is. Right. Just put a
0: put a some curtains over it. It's right. fine. It's you a got feature. a roof over your head. Right. You know? Yeah. Be happy. Right. What's what's a few little roaches, right? right. Yeah. Exactly. A couple of mice. They're friendly. Right. Yeah. Um well so you mentioned um a tenant education is being a big thing and and is the website the best way for people to get in touch with yeah shelter well
1: absolutely please hit up the website there's a numerous um there are kind of numerous ways to get in contact with with us we've got a a newsletter coming out there's a a full tenant page on the website where you can kind of share us share your story with us if you have been evicted or you're going through eviction i definitely want to hear that um like as we've we've been talking about before um getting to the lawmakers who make these decisions, those stories matter. They yeah. absolutely matter. So I want to hear that. There's ways for landlords to get in contact with us on the page. Um, we're, we're now offering, I definitely want to mention a, a pre-filing mediation program. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned before we do mediation in court on the day of eviction, those cases are sent to us at the discretion of the judge who, what cases she wants to be, or they want to be mediated. However, we've got a, a pre-filing mediation program as well too. So now before you file that case, save your money filing it. Let us try to work out an agreement. Um, a mediator is a neutral third party. Um, you know, it's, uh, they don't make any decisions. It's just an attempt to come to an agreement. I find a lot of the cases that are filed are for less than a month's rent. And a lot of the mediations I do, uh, 70% reach in, uh, end up in agreements. Of, of all the mediations I've done this year, 70% end in agreements. And that's generally what it is. It's less than a month of rent. It's, hey, I'm getting back to work can I just get two weeks Right, or it's, you know, something along those lines. So we can, pre-filing mediation can really help with that before getting to court. So is
0: that, is that pre-filing mediation program aimed at landlords? Or are they the ones that need to interact? Yes,
1: right. I'm, I'm very glad you asked that. It can be requested by either side. Okay. So if the tenant thinks that would be beneficial to them, absolutely. They can still reach out. But yes, as you can kind of surmise, it takes a voluntary effort on both sides. Mm-hmm. So if your landlord doesn't doesn't want to participate. I can't, I can't force them. Yeah. But I found a lot of, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from landlords who do want to participate so that I'm really looking forward to that. And I think, I think it will be beneficial, but yeah, it, it does take both parties. a sort of a good faith effort to, sure. to go through with it. Sure.
0: I mean, I can imagine if I was a, a landlord and just knowing that that was like an option, right. To be like, Oh, well I would, I would personally rather go through a third party mediator right. that is helping this occur in good faith than to mess with the courts.
1: Yeah. And I think too, I think there's a lot of landlords that are kind of already doing that themselves, you yeah. know, that, that, that they do make every attempt before actually filing, you mm-hmm. know, I don't, I don't want to give the impression that landlord just willy nilly, you right. know, cause I do think there are some out there that, that make those attempts to connect to resources or have that conversation before. And so, I, Hey, let us do that for you.
0: Yeah. And I would imagine next year for the legislative session mm-hmm. that, you guys would take another run at bringing up this landlord tenant
1: act. Yeah, um, absolutely. We're, we're in part, we're a part of a couple really good local coalitions. Um, the coalition for affordable housing is one and then the housing stability coalition. And we all kind of get together and, and talk about those things and really start figuring out the ones that we want to hit hard. Certainly anti-retaliation is going to be there. Um, and, and we use a lot of our stories from court to help guide some of that stuff yeah, as well. Um, yeah. definitely anti- anti-retaliation is one. Um, like we talked about before, sort of upping the the filing fee, extending the timeline. There are a lot of sort of the you know they're not going to be huge things, mm-hmm. but I mean any little dent we can make, um, I think is very helpful.
0: It, it strikes me that I mean all all this stuff goes really to helping protect Oklahomans from corporate bullies, right? Yeah, like, right. and um, I was been kind of off and on reading this history of Oklahoma politics really how our mm-hmm. state was founded and the the principles that went into the our our founding documents and you know when our state constitution was written there's some bad things in there too but one of the the big things right is that the the framers of our state constitution wanted to protect our state from Corporations, like that, was the term we yeah. used, right? Right, and it like had a different connotation in 1907 than it does yeah. today. But, um, but the principle is the same, right? That there are big corporations with corporate interests that might not align with the values or the needs of Oklahomans, and they. This is one reason that our state constitution was at the time the longest governing document in the world, right? Like though the the one piece of our constitution that people often cite is that it includes. The point, the temperature at which kerosene would ignite, the flash point, and that was because there were corporations selling watered down kerosene that would ignite at a lower uh, temperature, and so they uh, they were like, no, no, this is the actual temperature. This is how you know it's real kerosene. Right. As a statutory protection against you know corporate bullying, right, uh, and malfeasance, and it here you know one hundred and twenty whatever years later we're still dealing with that we're still trying to find ways to say hey listen let's let's recognize that Oklahomans like have a right to have a roof over their head to have housing to have food and if if the threat to that is somebody's profits like i'm not opposed to capitalism but i am opposed to like corporate bullying and Mm -hmm. uh the extraction of of the rights of our people here.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's something that like everybody can get behind too, you know, I, regardless of, of the polarization of politics, right. It's, we don't want outsiders coming in, bullying Oklahomans, right. You know, like if you, we believe at shelter, World that housing is a human right. And I don't think that's any, some crazy idea either, right, right. but if you believe housing is a human right, then I think we can sort of put aside any differences and kind of come together on, on actual solutions. Um, especially, I mean, when you think about it too, if we want to get into sort of the money aspect of it, you know, cause I feel like a lot of times you have to relate things to uh, how much money is being spent and, you know, how we can help taxpayers or the workforce or whatever. Right. But if, if. The amount of money that's being spent on aftercare services of people being evicted, so, you know, social services or shelters or stuff like that, if we can take just a portion of that and work on prevention services, you know, then not only are we saving money, but we're then minimizing the people experiencing homelessness, minimizing the population of people experiencing
0: homelessness. Yeah, for sure. Brad, thanks so much for being
1: here today. Thank you. This has been fantastic.
0: My guest today has been Brad Centers from ShelterWell. If you'd like to learn more about ShelterWell, get involved with them, learn about landlord-tenant issues, how you can help, you can go to shelterwell.com. No, excuse me, shelterwell.org. Listeners, thank you for being here as well. Um, Thanks so much for your support of Let's Pod This over these last five years, six years that we've been doing this crazy little podcast about Oklahoma government and politics. It is because of you that we do this. It is because of you that we exist. If you would like to support this podcast or our organization, Let's Fix This, please go to letsfixthis.org slash donate. Just go to letsfixthis.org and click the big donate button up in the top right-hand corner or in the menu on your phone. We would very, very much appreciate it. Um, look forward to some more episodes coming soon with other folks that share these same kind of values that are working on the same kinds of issues and that regularly give you the opportunity to help build a better Oklahoma the one that we all envision that can exist that should exist that will exist when we work together to make it happen have a great week